This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Governor Ivey is suggesting a change in execution protocol that would allow for more time. Ivey has written and sent a letter to the Alabama Supreme Court regarding this issue. The governor also indicated in that letter that she has already talked with the Department of Corrections Commissioner John Hamm about this issue. Ivey is suggesting that an increase in the amount of time available to carry out an execution would have to be approved by the state Supreme Court. Current law in Alabama only allows for execution dates to be within a single 24-hour period. The Department of Corrections must only start that process at 6 p.m. on the day of, which gives them a six-hour window for starting and conducting the execution by lethal injection. Ivy is asking the state Supreme Court to evaluate and modify current rules on capital punishment, and she's also referred to federal law in other state executions in that letter, saying that they allow for a longer period to get it done. More controversy is emerging with a teacher in Huntsville who also moonlights as a drag queen. New audio recording has come to light in which James Miller is on a podcast admitting that he pushes his ideology into the classroom. Miller was recorded back in February of this year on a podcast in which he detailed out how he first became a drag queen and how he also covertly placed LGBTQ books and symbols in his middle school classroom. When I moved from Birmingham, I moved to a very rural school that was 40% Hispanic, about 5% African-American, and the rest was white. Mm -hmm. And like very rural, I'm just going to say redneck. This is a very redneck school. Sounds like my high school. Uh, (laughs) Well, the first child family that had two moms, oh my God, you would have thought there was porn plaster across the school building because everybody was talking about it like it was this like how end of the world right <laughs> yeah and those kids were in my classroom and I was like I didn't know how to say I don't care I don't care mm-hmm. like that's that's your family I'm going to treat you with respect I'm going to treat them with respect so I didn't have a way I could say that and not get in trouble with my boss so I went and got Heather has two mommies Tango makes three I got all these kids books and I strategically placed them in my room to where when the kids who were LGBT were over by my bookshelf, they would see them. Since I'm a math teacher, the equal Mm -hmm. sign, the HRC equal sign, all those dumbasses thought that it was a math sticker, but the gay kids- (laughs) Not bamboozling the straights. I love it. (laughs) The gay kids knew exactly what it was. And then- rainbows started showing up in my room. So so I was still very covertly doing what I do. 1890 News reporter Craig Monger first wrote about Miller this past October in which video had come to light of Miller as a drag queen reading a book at an animal shelter with young kids and families present in which he used double meanings within language to send a, a sexual message. A survey of Alabama households shows that 41% have had to reduce spending in certain areas in order to pay for their energy costs this past year. The survey was conducted by LendingTree and reveals that medicine or food is where those cuts are being made in order to keep the lights on. The LendingTree survey shows that Alabama has the fifth highest percentage of households in the South who've made cuts in expenses in order to pay for energy. 
Mississippi and West Virginia were two other states with households that had less financial margin for error. And with inflation this past year, that margin has become razor thin. Bond has been set at a million dollars for a Collinsville man accused of killing his own mother. 41-year-old Bruce Jones is facing murder charges for the death of 62-year-old Sandra Jelks. Her death occurred last Tuesday in Collinsville. Jones is being held in the Cherokee County Detention Center after authorities determined that Jones was the primary suspect in this death. Jelks has another adult child who works for the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office, so another law enforcement agency was called in to investigate this death. There is a big split underway within the United Methodist denomination here in the U.S., and Alabama is not exempt from that split. Nearly 200 churches in the state have now officially disassociated with the UMC and have joined other more conservative Methodist denominations. Just this past Saturday, the UMC's North Alabama Conference approved the decision to part ways with the UMC. That stands for about 440 churches who are currently listed in that conference. Methodists are the second largest Christian denomination here in Alabama, preceded only by Southern Baptists. The reason for this split is based on doctrinal and policy stances made by UMC leadership when it comes to abortion, homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and transgenderism. However, Trustville pastor Vaughn Stafford told 1890 News that these particular issues stem from a greater theological divide that has occurred within the Methodist denomination, and that has to do with the authority of Scripture and the view of Jesus as both fully man and fully God. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear another case that is related to the student loan relief program proposed by President Joe Biden. Two plaintiffs are asking to be heard by the high court because their student loans are not eligible for this program since the loans are being held by a commercial entity or do not involve a Pell Grant. A Texas judge already ruled in the plaintiff's case, placing an injunction against Biden's loan program, saying that the president acted without authority in implementing this program. Now the White House is appealing to the Supreme Court. This will be the second case that the U.S. Supreme Court considers when it comes to the student loan forgiveness plan. The first comes from a five-state coalition that is challenging Biden's order. The two cases are being fast-tracked for oral arguments, which will likely take place at the end of February of next year. Well, the fifth edition of the Twitter files has been released on Monday to journalist Barry Weiss, who then went on to detail what she found out within the internal communications between Twitter employees. The subject at hand was the banning of Donald Trump's Twitter account permanently in January of 2021. The documents show that Twitter employees at the lower level in that company did not like Trump, but they also did not see that any of his tweets leading up to and following January 6th were actively trying to incite violence from his supporters, nor did Trump do anything to violate the terms of service with Twitter. However, the lead attorney within Twitter, Vijaya Gad, claimed that Trump was using code words to incite violence, and she pushed for that ban. Current Twitter CEO Elon Musk released a statement following the Monday document dump, saying that under pressure from hundreds of activist employees, Twitter deplatformed Trump, a sitting U.S. president, even though they themselves acknowledged that he did not violate the rules. Reporter Barry Weiss has also hinted that the next batch of Twitter files coming from Elon Musk will be regarding COVID-19. Over in Arizona, Republican gubernatorial candidate Kerry Lake 
is speaking out about the lawsuit that she has filed within that state and against the Maricopa County Board of Elections. Lake maintains that she won the race against Democrat Katie Hobbs and says that the problem was with the mail-in ballots and signature verification, as well as the machines that would not function on Election Day. Here is Lake speaking on Real America's Voice. I mean, let's face it, election laws and election rules are not, they're not uh, optional. They're not like, well, follow these if you want. They're mandatory and they're put there for a reason, especially as all of these states and counties push toward mail-in ballots. Signature verification and chain of custody are our only security to make sure we're having legal votes counted. We believe there were hundreds of thousands of illegal votes counted, and we believe our lawsuit proves it. Not to mention that one of the biggest and greatest experts when it comes to certification of machines and uh, that type of, of, of background says that the only way for this to have happened was through intentional wrongdoing. They did not certify the machines that were used on Election Day. And we had printers that were going down in almost 60 percent of Election Day voting centers. We had uh, equipment that was malfunctioning. Now, put it into scale here, 75 percent of the people voting on Election Day were voting for me. And if you have 60 percent of the locations where the equipment's not working, that's a big problem. So what they did is in areas where the Democrats were voting mail in ballots, they loosened all of the procedures designed to make sure that was secure, to make sure every vote got through, even the illegal ones. And when it came to Election Day, where our people were voting, they made it almost impossible. And for in some cases, they did make it impossible for people to vote. Over in Texas at the El Paso crossing point, about 4,500 illegal immigrants charged through the Rio Grande River from Mexico to the U.S. These illegal immigrants are now in custody by the U.S. Border Patrol and will be released into the U.S. interior within 48 hours due to both facility overload and the fact that Title 42 is still in place and limits the hold times within these facilities. The Border Patrol reported this past Monday that within a 48-hour period, their agents seized 16,000 illegal immigrants nationwide, as well as $97 million worth of illegal drugs at the border. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 